Please enjoy the music while your party's being reached. All right, we are recording and we are live. Alyssa, fan favorite, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very sorry that you can't come into my home, but you know, I had a COVID scare recently and I was on like house arrest for two weeks and I can't have it happen again. No, I would never put you through that. It sounds really awful. It was um, not that bad because my, you know, I was with my son and he's very charming and fun, funny, Mm -hmm. but I did have my Christmas tree still in my home and it was like, you know, when we got back from Christmas vacation at the beginning of January, it was already like a total fire hazard. (laughs) And then we got locked down and it was in the house and it became a symbol of everything that's wrong with my life. Oh God. You know, like this thing that's in your house that you've neglected and then you can't remove it. So I bought a, like one of those bags you put your mattress in so that Mm -hmm. the butt bed bugs don't climb all over people when you put it on the sidewalk. Yep. Been there. And I, put it over the tree (laughs) and it was just like having a dead body in my house. And my kid would be, you know, he does like digital school on the computer. Uh He's not there. Um, And he would be in the living room on a, like a zoom call. And I just felt like all these people see this tree in a bag in my home. (laughs) And it's like January dragging across the 20th. (laughs) So that was the thing that really weighed on me. I was like, this is the state of things. I've never had a live tree in any apartment or home I've lived in, but never. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. It just never worked out, I guess. But uh, if I did have to dispose of a body and I could have one phone call, it would definitely be you. I feel I could probably help you. You I don't know if we'd get away with it, but I would help you. We would look cool doing it at least. Yeah. People would be like, did you see Dan and Alyssa dragging that dead body down the street? Do you jewel and smoke cigarettes? Not at the same time, but like, yeah, I'm in my apartment. I'm podcasting. I can't smoke in here. So, Why don't you just chew Nicorette? Uh, I can't chew and podcast either. I'd be like, I do it all the time. I'm doing it right now. I had no idea. Okay, so you've gone very good. I don't know. I tried it once and it tasted weird, but I might like it now. It tastes like pepper, but like well, it doesn't. Savory gum does sound kind of (laughs) good. It doesn't taste like popcorn lung. I okay. I don't jewel very much. Okay, like I well, I jeweled a lot, and the jewel pods that would rattle around in the bottom of my purse were like the Christmas tree in the body bag in my living room. They could fill the mattress bag. Ashamed, ashamed, ashamed. I would be ashamed to buy them. I just got ashamed. I'm afraid that we like fake jewel stuff because like there's uh just like fake pods, fake jewel sticks out there. That's what fucks you up. Um. I'm very concerned about that, but like, you know, I went to go to the 7-Eleven in Greenpoint and they've just completely closed. I want to go to a reputable jewel dealer and I feel like 7-Eleven is the name I can trust and yeah, I get it's it. like completely gone. I get it. That was a devastating loss to the neighborhood. Where was it? The 7-Eleven? Um, like on Manhattan Avenue and Greenpoint Avenue, but on Manhattan. That's very iconic old too song. far away. It's a wall. I drove there. (laughs) It was cold. (laughs) I was very impressed to learn that you're a car owner. Yeah, you know. That should get you a lot of dates. It hasn't. Um, The podcast hasn't either. Really? No. No, no, no. 
I'm not even like, I don't want to meet anyone new right now. Even though you're looking better than you've ever looked in your life. Thank you. Likewise. It's really true. You look great. Well, that's what not drinking for 29 days will do to you. Wow. When did you stop wanting to have a drink? Um, I mean, I've been thinking about it for a while and then like a lot of other people in my life were talking about dry January and I was like, you know what? I have to just try this. Today is the day. And it's like really corny, but I remember watching like the show Below Deck like a few years ago and Captain Sandy was like talking to one of the crew members and he was like drinking a lot and getting wasted. And she's like, you know, you should take a month off. And if you can't do that, then you have like a very serious problem. Right. And that kind of always stuck in my mind. It's and, like when I came on your podcast after I had two martinis with Nomi Fry and gave oh, my phone number oh. out to the world. <laughs> Nobody called me. Yeah. Well, we had to wipe that episode from well, public we, record. But it was around for a while. It was a few weeks. Yeah. Or maybe a month. <laughs> I don't know. That was really funny, though. That was the last time I think we saw each other. Or no, I think we saw each other once after that on the park bench. Yeah. Yes. And I was dropping off my books. Yeah. I gave you that Gia Karanji book. I'm staring at it right now. I've not opened it yet. It's but good. I'm, I'm very excited to listen to your episode of The C Word. Um, because you. you guys is that out yet? The Gia Karan, yeah, just came, last name? it came out, okay. came out this week. That's well, that so was cool. kind of a uh, that was sort of contentious because I say Karanji and Lena said Karanji, which sounds very affected to me, but it's I think it's probably Karanji, 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 Karanji. Today is her birthday, how... actually. Oh my god, happy birthday, Gia! RIP, bitch. rest in peace. How Forever. old would she have been? I don't know. She died in, I think, 1987, and she uh-huh. was 26 years old. So I, I'm no math genius. 40, no, 58. Yeah, still a vital woman. Yeah. Um, what else? I feel like I was going to mention something about drinking. Oh, so I'm going to like celebrate on the 31st. I'm going to have some champagne. I've been watching that show, The Bling Empire, and everyone just always has a glass of champagne. I'm like, oh, Damn, it makes you want one. Just looks good. I'm like, actually, kind of scared to drink again because I don't want to be hungover like ever again. Well, there's one episode of Intervention that I think about a lot, and it's like not, the Intervention isn't about this guy. He's like the dad of, I think she's a heroin addict, um, but she in one of her interviews is like my dad was an alcoholic for my whole life. It was really bad. And he still drinks every year from October 31st to January 1st and thinks that it's fine. And he's like, yes, I binge drink for like these two months (laughs) out of the year. And then I don't touch it otherwise. So he gets it out of his system. Interesting. I bet he goes hard. God, that's scary. Yeah. Don't you? Um, No. Uh, yeah, life has gotten a little more manageable, I would say. Uh, I sleep a lot better. I eat better. It's just like, it's so cold though. And I sometimes want to have like a hot toddy, you know, take the edge off. But I haven't. Do you you prepare those for yourself? Hot toddies? No, I would just go down the street and get one and pay like $15 for it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm not heating stuff up. I'm not pouring different things. It's too much. too much. Agreed. I don't have any room in my kitchen either. It's like the size yeah. of an outhouse. We live in Greenpoint. What do you want? We like do Greenpoint modestly, okay? Yeah. I mean, definitely. Yes. 
Um, the last time we recorded, you had some like beauty secrets. How yeah. did uh, that thing go? And I are mean, you noticing any results? I feel or do you want to talk about it? I feel that it continues to develop. That's exciting. It's like, you know, it takes like nine months for it to really come to fruition. Okay. It's a um, pretty and big I gestation think, period. Yeah, it's long. Um, I do feel like people comment on how great I look. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. It's just a fact. Yeah. <laughs> just a fact. An objective, undisputable fact. You yeah. Look amazing. Um, Thank you. You always have and you always will. Wow. Thanks. Yeah. Must be nice. Thanks, Skyla Dan. <laughs> um what okay the stock market i can't talk about that do you know anything about it do you have like stocks and stuff before this because i'm finding out that like 90 percent of the people in my life have like invested in stuff before and like currently did before all this shit went down which is shocking i I have money that not a lot of money but i've got some money that other people have handled for me but what happened probably i don't know like two months ago my son posed for a photograph that was in the New Yorker and they paid him $200. And I was like, what are you going to do with your $200? And he said, I want to fuck around with the stocks. He didn't say that. He was like, (laughs) put it into stock mom. And so I opened up a Robin hood account for him. And when all the stuff started happening, you know, I don't know shit. I don't know about money. When all this mm-hmm. stuff started happening, I kind of, because I have his account on my phone, I've been kind of fucking around with his shit. <laughs> selling stuff, buying stuff, selling stuff. Yeah, have you made any money? I don't know. We've lost $14 out of today. Oh, God, that's a crushing we, loss. He has lost $14. Um, but I do see how people get addicted to like, amateur day trading yeah i mean it's gambling it's gambling but it's also like you know we don't have enough money in there to really do anything right have like some thousands of dollars for it to make any kind of um difference right like you can't do it with 200 yeah otherwise it's not worth my time and if i did have enough money where it would be worth it i'd be too nervous to do anything in the first place yeah you keep it in your mattress Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. But I mean, I really want to buy a lake house. I don't know how I'm going to do it with this podcast only. So, what are you, you know, do? this is a classic situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited because tomorrow night, the Wendy Williams event. Have you heard about this? No, but can I tell you my, so I have a new obsession, okay. big, and she's featuring in it in an unexpected way. Oh, Sorry, hey. I'm hijacking this, this, train of thought from you oh no go the, I, so, I, not much to add anyways <laughs> i am writing about china black china no Originally oh china the wrestler okay. yeah <laughs> and love it, her rochester new york well in the process of writing about her i've gotten very obsessed with female bodybuilders and steroids that's mm-hmm. like my main thing that i want to learn about all the time is women who take steroids because it's such a radical outlandish subculture it's like um i don't know i can't think of anything more radical to be honest it's so far out yeah there's a photo book you need to check out i'm gonna find do you know i'm talking there's a guy who photographed female bodybuilders and it's send it to me yeah i'll find i want to buy it on Mm -hmm. it's like a must-have so i'm researching bodybuilders and like getting deeper and deeper and deeper into china and then you know you like get in a 
like on a YouTube highway and it brings you to an unexpected village in the yep. middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So I found this interview between China and Wendy Williams that must have been on her radio show in 2005. Oh, and wow. It's That's like, what we call a meeting of the minds. Yeah. Well, it's fucking crazy because China is so fucked up that you listen to this and it verges on being unethical and oh, actionable. It's kind of what I was it's afraid the, of. It's the, it's the craziest thing I've ever heard. How long is the interview? Is it like a full hour? No, it's like, um, it's cut into parts. It's probably like 25 minutes. And then when China gets off, they all sort of speculate about what's wrong with her. They're talking about her clothes and how she looks. And then they're like, she didn't smell like alcohol. It must have been pills. And then they were like, that was really sad. But it's just fucking crazy. Like, you mm-hmm. can't believe that there was a time when this could be put on the radio. Yeah, that would not fly today. Wild. No. Yeah. No. They'd be like, your behavior against China has personally injured me. You're hurting me. That's hurting me. Yeah, Wendy was never in the business of, like, saving lives. I will say that. Are you going to watch her Lifetime movie? Yeah, tomorrow night there's oh, a two-hour Lifetime movie yeah. and there's a two-hour documentary following it at 10 p.m. Cable? Uh, YouTube TV. I'm going to a friend's oh, house to watch it. I was it, like, though. you have a car and cable? <laughs> I've got it all, babe. You've got it all. <laughs> In my one-bedroom apartment. Well, it's, well, a, it's a two-bedroom. I have a roommate. Right? No, I have a roommate. Right. <laughs> um, but it's like a weird, it's like a two studio apartments adjoined by like a micro kitchen that sucks. Do you like your roommate? Yeah, I'd like him. Yeah, um, we don't see him. We don't see each other at fight? all. No. Does he listen to your podcast? I don't know. Um, do you ever go through his stuff? Nope. <laughs> if he left um, recreational medication, pharmaceutical medication in the medicine cabinet, would you take it? If it was in a common area, I would inspect and see. I would go from there. Do you yeah. think that, like, okay, this is a, a um, scenario for you? So. Sure. He got his wisdom teeth taken out like nine months ago and had a Vicodin prescription, maybe Percocet. And the prescription was for like 30 and you monitor it and you see that he's taken four. Would you Mm -hmm. dip into it? Would you take some? Think he wouldn't notice? Um, I don't, I'm not into like painkillers at all. If it was like Klonopin, there would be a handful gone. Yeah, so much and so that I'd be to, like, I don't I care mean, if you notice. The Sorry. whole thing would be gone eventually. I would just Venmo You'd and be like, be, you know what? Or put aspirin in it or something. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to go back He'll to your doctor notice. and get more. He'll never notice. Yeah. <laughs> um, should we get into like the main topics of the evening? Because we are kind of, we've been meaning to do this episode for a little while now. Well, yes, we should. Because I, you know, I was very surprised some of our interests have coincided recently like we've had some um unexpected conversations so mm-hmm. i think you know right before my body my female bodybuilding obsession i became a late in life enthusiast for the titanic yes and then i learned that you had some thoughts about about the big ship I've yeah, I've actually been sharing my thoughts on the Titanic for a very long time on social media. Can we um, I just think James Cameron made it up to make some money, personally. You think he made it up? Yeah, I you think, think he James made it up. <laughs> Cameron made it up. 
Yes, I think he made it up. I have not researched this. It's more of a feeling. Okay, well, I had never seen that film. And I got into it because, you know, I really like auctions of things that either belong to celebrities. Mm -hmm. I really like celebrity auctions at julianslive.com. Ooh, I'll check Um, that out. Oh, my God, it's amazing. It's like if you want to buy a prescription that was written to Marilyn Monroe... You can buy it. Oh, yeah, I saw you posting that. If What's, like, you your favorite p- thing that you own from these auctions? I don't own anything. I can't afford it. Oh, okay. You just like but I, I just like Sometimes <clears throat> I'm like, Lena, did you see this incredible thing at Julian's Live? And I think she's going to buy it for me and surprise me with it, but it d- hasn't happened yet. But I'm not giving up. It could, that could happen. Um, but my favorite thing that I've ever come across is they had – the outfit that Truman Capote had on the day that he died. And it was like, it had to be cut off of him. So it's like little shorts and a t-shirt because he was going to a pool. And uh-huh. um, Johnny Carson's wife, I think he, Joanne Carson is her name, I believe. And so somehow, like you can't even imagine how, how the situation kind of unraveled. He is going to the pool and she comes over to pick him up. He's like living in her pool house and he's like, Joanne, Joanne. And then he, you know, goes into cardiac arrest. She calls 911. They come and take him away. Everyone's traumatized. He's dead. Someone, it must, I don't know who got a hold of the clothes. Someone got the clothes. And Uh so Julian's live auctioned them off and they came with like the copy of his death certificate. And what's always interesting to me is that someone, there's someone else out there who wants it, you know? Okay, quick question. Was Truman Capote a president or like a gay writer or neither or both? He was both. Okay. He was both the president of the United States. Of the United States. Yes, and a gay writer. Cool. Yeah. Um, So anyway, I have a a vested interest in this type of material. I don't care about your art auctions. I don't care about your rare coins, unless they're haunted. Right. I don't care about any of that. I don't care about cheap houses that are foreclosed upon. I don't want it. So at some point, I don't know, within the last five months, I happened upon this bracelet that was one of the first items that was dredged up from the Titanic wreck in the 80s. Allegedly, before, yeah. Before yep. James Cameron produced his Mm-hmm. film. <laughs> and what's amazing about it, I mean, it's amazing the way that it first came into public consciousness. So there was like, you know, it was a big deal because this thing had been rotting on the bottom of the sea for like 70 years or something, right? So in order to share the fruits of their treasure hunt with the world, whoever this company is, it was like a, you know, a company bought the rights to the wreck somehow. So they stayed mm this unveiling of the first um, relics that were brought to the surface on live television in France. And it was emceed by this guy, Telly Savalas, who you're all too young to remember, but he was like a TV star, Kojak. Yeah, not ringing a bell. No, it's not crazy. It's going to happen to you too. You'll see. People will be like, who's (laughs) Justin Bieber? Who's that? So... It's like this panel of experts. Everyone's in evening wear. There's like a tableau vivant behind him of like people sitting really still, but wearing like Edwardian clothes. Like they're on the Titanic. And they bring out all this shit. It's it's amazing. They bring out all this shit. It's like 
Um, you know, obviously it's been like appraised and inspected, but they bring it out in these plastic tubs that are like full of water as though it has <laughs> like been at the expressed. airport, like security. Yeah, they're yeah. like, look what I found. <laughs> yes, those types of tubs. <clears throat> so in one of those tubs was a bracelet that it's like a heavy chain bracelet in rose gold. And then it has a nameplate on it that says Amy and diamonds. And when I saw mm. it, it reminded me very much of a necklace that Brittany Murphy likely commissioned for herself to celebrate her love with a young man named Joe Macaluso. And it was like the same kind of chain, the same kind of pave diamonds. And it says, Joe Hart, Brittany. And that <sighs> was a piece that was also up at Julian's Live because Brittany Murphy's mother like sold all her shit. Like you could have bought her expired passport for $600 like two years ago, but we didn't know. Uh huh. I was gonna actually when we were talking about the auction stuff, I remember you posting about Brittany Murphy and thinking that that would have been so cool. Well, there's like a lot of you got to stay on top of it. So there's one coming up next November is the most exciting one that's coming up, and that is Amy Winehouse's personal property. So you can probably get like some kind of shitty polo shirt or a pair of platform shoes. Or maybe like a silky headscarf, which is something that I might be interested in. You should, yeah. You know, that's, We'll start a GoFundMe to get you a headscarf. I would love to have one. But often, interesting, like the things that um, kind of sail to the highest heights, the things that, that generate the most revenue are always the things that were close to the body. So like um, in a Marilyn Monroe auction, it will be a dress that she wore. It doesn't even matter if it's like a famous dress, like the famous yeah. dress sold for like, I don't know, some crit $4 million or something. Shit, but we're going to yeah. talk about that later. Cause it, it's, it comes up in this Titanic story. Okay. Um, so it's, yeah, these things that are close to the body people really want. And I think that Titanic memorabilia is close to the body in this way um, because it signifies this mass death because whether or not you believe it, Although I don't know, I think they found some bodies floating in the water, but no one oh, knows I'm, where the rest <clears> of them went. Sure they did, yeah. This is a big, a big um site of speculation because people are like, are there bodies in the hall? I think that I don't know ship part names. I think it's hall. Are yeah, there bodies bottom. trapped in the hall? We don't know. We can't go in there. Yeah, you watch the movie and there's that old couple kissing each other as the water, you know, overtakes them. Where are they? Right. I don't know. They're probably in the hall. Well, apparently not. Um, so anyway, Dan, I saw this bracelet. I was like, holy shit, that looks so much like something that Brittany Murphy would have had or Amy Winehouse would have had. And it really got me researching. And I've learned a few things. I feel like I know a couple of things. Huh? Um, <clears throat> so that's where we are. So that, that's, that was my last big thrilling obsession. And I want to know, what can I tell you about it? What do you want to know? Um, okay. Well, here's, I think my like initial suspicion of the Titanic is that like, there's no one that's like known from, well, okay. Were Jack and Rose real people? They were not real people. Mm. Um, but a lot of people in that film are based on real people. So there were people of note who perished, like an Aster perished. There was a Guggenheim who was meant to be on the boat, but didn't make it. You know, one of those, like, um, I was supposed to be in the Twin Towers on September 11th. Yeah. Oh, she got off the plane. Yeah, like Rachel and Brian. Right. You know what happened? 
happened to me once that was fucking crazy in my fashion modeling days. Uh-huh. This I would die in a situation like this. So I was going to South Africa for a job. South Africa. South Africa, <laughs> yeah. So, Heard of it. <laughs> so I'm going to South Africa. It's like a fucking 17-hour plane ride. It's God, the 90s. Never. The 90s, <laughs> right? So planes shouldn't even really be flying for that long. There's no TVs on them either. I think there is TVs on it. I think you could smoke on a plane then. God. That was wild. You would not even be able to imagine it. So um, I'm at the airport and the makeup artist shows up and he's someone I know who was from Fall River, I think, or like somewhere near where I grew up, either Rhode Island or Massachusetts. So we had like a thing, you know, we had this sort uh-huh. of yeah. um, friendship. And so we're sitting, we're waiting for the plane and he was like listing off this litany of people who he knew who had died in plane crashes right before we get on the 17th flight. Fabulous. That seems completely against both nature and technology. So (sighs) I'm sort of like, oh, that's scary. (laughs) It's scary. And then he's like, yeah, I mean, it's it's probably strange that I know so many people who've died in plane crashes. And I was like, yeah. And then we get on the plane and he and I are seated next to each other. It's like me and him and another model and the photographer and then like a hairstylist or something. We're all flying over and we get on the plane and they're like, buckle your safety belts and prepare for takeoff. I could work on a plane. Did you hear that? Buckle your That was beautiful. Prepare for takeoff. And you could wear the little headscarf. Oh yeah. So we're buckling our fucking seatbelts and preparing for takeoff. And this guy looks at me and he's like, I got to get off this plane. He's like, I got to get off this plane. And Uh so he like, freaks out (laughs) he unbuckles his safety belt he disembarks and i was like maybe this plane's gonna crash maybe this guy who knew all these people follow him was his intuition i was like i don't care what happens to me vibe yeah (laughs) i'd never been to africa or south africa um but that was the kind of thing you know people do that like probably one of these guggenheim people was like i can't get on that boat yeah, if it doesn't sit well with but you. I mean, did he have a reason? This your friend I'm uh, sure there's a reason. The plane? Oh, yeah, because he thought it was gonna crash. He had like a psychic intuition that we were going down. And he was wrong, correct? The well, plane didn't go down. If you survived plane, any plane crashes. I lived. <laughs> I survived. But I was so scared at a certain point because we had to get off and get on like a little little plane. And I was so scared on the little little plane that they were oh, like, yeah. the stewardess was like do you want to look in the cockpit? This was a, a time when they would be like, can we show you the cockpit so you'd stop freaking out? <laughs> do you want to drive so for a little bit so you can chill out? In the yeah. cockpit for a minute. Um, but this is all just to say that, as I noted, some famous people, some very rich people were on that boat and died. Yeah. You know, God rest their souls. What also, t- apparently they... The, the people that were rescued were taken to the Jane Hotel in the West Village and put up there. Oh, well, that was like a, sh- uh, yeah, like a seaman's boarding house. Yeah. So this the ship departed from where? So the ship departed from, it was made in Belfast. And I believe it departed from Ireland. 
It went to England and then it went to like Charbourg. The fuck is Charbourg? I, I don't know. I've never France. even heard of that. And it's Charbourg. <laughs> it Charbourg. Charbourg. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then it was like in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. And it was like, you know, I think that the the I think that James Cameron probably did his research because I think he's like a real Titanic nerd. Well, I think he has a very vivid imagination too. He's got a vivid imagination. And, you know, I, I mean, I think that they probably like looked at the original blueprints and made it look as close as it could look to the real thing. Yeah. No, they Um, did a great job with that film. I do have to say, but I want to tell you, there are a lot of Titanic conspiracies, not that, that James Cameron invented it. I think that that's only your, that's, that's your conspiracy. An Island of one again. Yeah. Conspiracy of one. Um, but there are others, and I would like to share one of the most compelling with you. And I would love to hear it. Okay, so I don't know if you know this or not, but when White Star Lions <laughs> built the Titanic, it was, is it called the Titanic? It's just called Titanic. Titan- you can just R-M-S make anything Titanic. up, apparently, these I know, days. It doesn't yeah. matter. The truth like is so the flexible existed. right now. So it was one of three ships. So there was Britannic, Olympic, and Titanic. Okay, you with me? Mm-hmm. They were the biggest ships ever built, nearly interchangeable. Everything's the same. So as Titanic was being completed, Olympic went out for like a trip, right? Like a show off, showboating, look at me trip. And it gets into an accident. I believe it was the same captain that drove Titanic, <sighs> I believe. Mm-hmm. So it goes out for a, a ride. This is the, yeah. <laughs> the Olympic. And it gets into an accident with some kind of military vessel. And then it like put, cuts its way back to the, the shipyard. It's fucked up. It's got like a big hole in the side. But, but it didn't it still, sink. It didn't sink. But, you know. Interesting to keep in mind. Sink. So when they get it back in the shipyard, J.P. Morgan is like the guy that paid for all of this ship, which also kind of factors into the conspiracy because he was very powerful and had a lot of money. So The theory is that once they got it back to the shipyard, it was assessed and it was determined that it was too damaged to be worth repairing and that it it wouldn't qualify for an insurance payout because of the accident because it was with a military vessel. And you like, I don't know, you can't sue the military or something. So the theory is that all of the identification on these two boats, Titanic, that was about to make her maiden voyage Mm. and olympic the twin sister boat that was fucked up they switched everything and then they did like a little cosmetic fix-up on olympic and sent it out as titanic and the theory is that they believed that there would be enough traffic in the ocean that by the time the thing got real fucked up because you know um they were heated with coal so the coal they anticipated that the coal would get very hot and would burn a big hole in the side of the hull or that the steel would get so weak that it would just kind of break so the theory is that they anticipated that there would be enough ships out there that everyone could be rowed to safety but that's not what happened oh god it's not what happened and one very interesting thing that i learned is anyone still listening (laughs) Is anyone still listening? So one interesting survey says no. No, I don't care. One thing I (laughs) I learned because you know people are obsessed with fucking finding out what happened. They're like, how did this happen? How did this happen? What is the truth? Well, I thought this was really interesting. So there's this British scientist 
he's nerdy. He's hot. I don't remember his name. He's like, you wouldn't do it with him, but you'd flirt with him. Definitely. Vibe, you know, yeah. the type. Yeah, for sure. So he, from the time he was like 11, has been obsessed with Titanic, much like James Cameron. And so he somehow fundraised to, for this documentary to be able to like retrace the steps under the exact weather conditions to figure out what the fuck happened. Mm-hmm. So he like takes the boat out in Newfoundland, Newfoundland. Yeah. I don't so. know. Is I it Newfoundland? Is it pronounced? I almost said Newfoundland too. I don't know. I feel like it's Newfoundland. I barely graduated pronounced from kind high of funny. So he does all this stuff. You're like watching this and you're like, he's not learning anything. And it looks boring because he's on a shitty boat. He's not on like a big glamour boat. He's on like a shitty boat with like yeah. a shitty captain. There's nothing to do, nothing to look at. No one's drinking. Was just, it like a scale replica, but just smaller? No, it was like a motor boat. Oh, and oh, he oh. does stuff like he's like, I'm going to take this bag and scoop up water at different parts and take the temperature of the water. You're like, I don't care. Sure, it's all in the same arena, buddy. Yeah. Right. Somehow I made it through to this part where he starts investigating the captain's logs from other ships that were in the area on the night of April 12th, April 15th. I'm sorry, April 15th, 1912. 1912. I know the year. Is that your birthday? So he's like examining these captain's logs and he was like, he figured something out about the weather that. Basically, what what he believes happened. Sorry, I don't remember his name. It's like James Malden or something. Definitely James he, something. Yeah. What he believes Cameron. happened is that you know if you're in if you're in a in your automobile as a car owner. Yeah. I don't know if you've experienced this as a car owner, but there. I haven't is, driven into any water lately, though. Well, but you might know what I'm talking about. When I start when drinking, you, and then I probably will. But when you're driving down a, a really hot street and like a hot street in Elmira. Yeah. You know how it gets like that optical illusion that there's a reflection? Yeah, the, the heat rising off the pavement. Okay, so this guy is suggesting, I think it's very compelling. He's suggesting that in incredibly cold temperatures, that reverses. So basically, instead of seeing like the reflection of the thing below, you see it above, right? Okay, so he thinks that what happened is that on the night that the Titanic hit this iceberg, everyone's like, how the fuck didn't they see this iceberg? It was huge. Like, you can see a picture of it on the internet. It's very big. <clears throat> Shut up. <throat> Just stop. Stop. It's, it's, <laughs> let me finish. So everyone's going to be like, Alyssa's a bitch. Why so, does he keep letting her on the pot? Yeah, why? Make her stop talking. So <laughs> it was like a particularly clear night, right? And the stars were unusually bright. Very, mm-hmm. very, very bright stars. And it was there was like some sudden temperature shift. And he believes that this thing happened where the stars are like very, like the sky is low. It's very bright. And the stars are reflecting into the water. And the water creates this, the, the reflection in the water creates this reverse illusion, like the one in the car, where the star, the starlight or the, the illusion of stars gets like reflected in front of you so that it obscures the iceberg. I'm not a scientist. Okay. I'm not a scientist. But no. I think it's, I, I was <gasps> like, yeah, that's probably what happened. Also, since Damn. when are there just icebergs jutting out in the middle of the ocean? Do we even like hear about that anymore? Because I just feel like we don't. I think you do hear about it. Don't you hear about them melting? 
Yeah, like another alleged melting. thing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're definitely but, melting. You know, I want to um, tell you the crazier, the crazier uh, story about the tide. I feel the crazier story. You ready? Yeah, go ahead. This fucking blew my fucking mind. This is the thing where I was like, I'm going to blow your mind. Okay. Okay, so <laughs> buckle in, up. Buckle your seatbelt and prepare for takeoff. Ooh, so in 1898, one. I've got some notes written down so I don't fuck this up. Sometimes okay. I get my facts wrong. This guy, Morgan Robertson, who's from like upstate New York, like you, mm. wrote this book. So this is 14 years before this accident allegedly happens. And it's like many years before they're even like, here's a blueprint of the largest, most unsinkable boat in history. It's like years before this shit. And you know that like before 1990, everything moved much slower, right? Definitely. So like a year is like a decade. So he writes this 69 page book that's called The Wreck of the Titan, colon, or futility. That's like Frankenstein or Prometheus. You know how they used, they used to like to do that? No. Like, really, what's no. a book? So he writes. I haven't this read one in years. <laughs> about the largest passenger ship, the largest luxury passenger ship ever made, called. Guess what it's what's, fucking called? Don't even tell me. What's Titan, it called? The, uh, Titan. Yep. Titan. So it's like mm-hmm. a 3,000 passenger. Um, ocean liner much like titanic there were also less and words back then i think they had a lot yeah like they were like you had three names to pick from yeah titan atlas or susan britannica so, <laughs> okay was it a dictionary so, <laughs> so he writes this book about this unsinkable ship that fucking <laughs> goes out into the ocean i don't know if it stops at charborg because i didn't read it <laughs> Because I believe that the copies of it are very expensive. Mm -hmm. I haven't checked. I just think it's probably boring. I don't care about the sea in general. I don't care about a boat story. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's my business. Me either. So it's like cold and everyone's hands are rough and it lasts forever. So this unsinkable 3,000 passenger ocean liner called Titan in this book crashes off the coast of Newfoundland. Crashes into what? Fucking iceberg. A mother ding, ding, fucking ding. iceberg. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that incredible? It's incredible. I thought that was amazing. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah. See, it's such an easy thing to imagine, so I kind of gets fake. Oh, because you're like, I could have written that. Yeah, like your kid could write that, but like Even better. Even I could have written that. Yeah. Oh, a ship goes down. All right. <laughs> they do. Ships go down. Um, I used to like play Titanic when I was a kid. I used to pretend I was like on the couch and I'd have to like find uh, like something to float on. And I was like going down. It was fun. Par- are your parents divorced? They are now, but they weren't then. Titanic came out in like what, like 96 probably. Well, when, when did they get divorced? Like 2005, probably. I'm going to say, when did you start believing that the Titanic wasn't real? Like a few weeks ago. Like 2006. Like 2020. It's your, <laughs> it's trauma. It's just trauma. It's something resurfacing Maybe for you should sure. get your parents back to, do you think we could get your parents back together? I'll have them on the pod and like surprise them. Oh my God. That is a great idea. <laughs> 
Can I come? That's, yeah, you can be. Uh, I won't let them get a word in edgewise yeah. and they can reunite over their hatred of me. It's like the opposite of divorce court. Do you know that China was on Christina's court? What is Christina's court? It was like an old court show. Oh, what was, was she being sued or was she suing someone? No, she was suing someone over like a dog. <laughs> There's always dogs on Judge Judy. It's like well, my dog bit you and it's like. People care about them. That. They care a little too much. I'm really tired of people like having dogs in New York City. I think it's really repulsive and just you know, so annoying. You know what I really hate when someone um, walks past you? They do it with dogs and with babies. I notice people do it with babies. They walk past you and like try to make eye contact with you and smile as though like you're going to acknowledge how incredible their aunt, their pet is. Yeah, like you're so brave. I don't care. Also, I noticed like people make eye contact with you as a way to be like, by the way, I'm not even going to try to move out of the way for you because I'm kind of like doing something very important here. Well, I have a thing where I'm always the one who gets out of the way. I'm like secretly a very submissive person, except in my talking where I'm a big talker and I interrupt people all the time. But in the street, if you only knew me as a pedestrian, you'd Mm. be like, oh, that's that lady who always gets out of the way or (laughs) holds the door open for you. If only you were the Titanic, you would have moved out of the way of that iceberg. I know. I probably could have saved up. You know, I'm actually kind of the same way on the sidewalk. I do become submissive, even though I literally look like Sasquatch, like lumbering down the street. <laughs> you know what always happens to me, like really pisses me off is like, uh, it's usually men, I think, when they're like walking their dog and they stop and the dog's like taking a piss. But they like let the leash like unwind and they like take that as an opportunity to like look at their phone and text. I mean, all the dogs like all the way on the other side of the sidewalk and now I have to like climb over this fucking leash and they don't care. But Honestly, it's, like, a huge I've never witnessed this. This has happened to me it. like so many times. Oh my God. I just wish that once when I get out of the way of a lady in a jogging suit, walking her dog, that she would say, thank you. Yeah. Just say thank you to me. Like, I only did it so that you would say thank you to me. I fucking don't give a fuck about you or your dog. Yeah, I expect something nice. <laughs> I expected something nice. Yeah. I got nothing. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Um. Uh, when's the last time you watched the Titanic? You said you just saw it recently. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I went really crazy with it. I yeah. thought it was real, like, when the first time I watched it, because, you know, I'm a rewatcher. Yeah. I watch things a bunch of times. First time I watched it, I was like, this movie is so fucking boring. And I can't believe that it got so famous. It's boring. It's very boring. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, hey, Ollie, do you want to watch Titanic with me? And he was like, sure, whatever. And we watched it together and it was a little more exciting. I don't think it's a masterpiece. I can't Mm. believe it was so popular, but I got a little more into it the second time. I'm just having a memory come back to me when I was a kid. We were like, as a we're gonna family, get to the see. I'm telling you, we're gonna get to the with, bottom of this. Yeah, like it was like my mom, my aunts, and my cousins were all going to go see the Titanic, and I'm like the youngest by far of all my cousins. And then like we had like nice I had like my you. shoes and my coat. I'm the baby, and that's why I'm like this. Um, <laughs> do you, Do you remember that dinosaur that says "I'm the baby"? Yes, I, love that oh, really? show. Okay, also great. fictional. <laughs> oh, dinosaurs. Yeah, that's a whole nother episode, which I've already done like a hundred times so far. But, oh, I'd love uh, to get into that. <laughs> we were on our way out the door and my cousin is like, wait, I don't think Danny should go see this movie. There's Boobs. breasts in it. 
Yeah. And then I was like, oh, you know what? I think you're probably right. You like, I'm I had gay. to stay home. Yeah. Oh, really? I had to stay home. Wait, Wait, that's how, what it is. How, how old? That's it. That's why I resent you the didn't Titanic get to so see much. It because and you breasts. didn't get to see it. You didn't even get, get to see, see it. it. So you're like, that thing doesn't exist. <laughs> Block it out, you know? Wow. What, what where, I don't see can't hurt me. Like, Where are those cousins now? Um, I think the one who's, she's in Maine. Maine as oh, a couple orchard. You don't want to live in Maine on an apple orchard. Not in the winter. They like don't even have like a phone line. It's like no. literally in the middle of nowhere. Or like Wi Fi. It's crazy. Because Titanic ruined her life. She was like, I'm going to have a romantic life where all we have is a wireless telegram. Telegraph. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm due to rewatch the Titanic, although might have to break it up into installments. My attention span is so bad now because I sit alone in my room and just refresh feeds well, and get irate. Well, staying home is, is really brain rotting. Staying it's, home all the time, it's tough. It's really bad. Um, I'm trying to stay away from Instagram myself. Sometimes I slip up, but I'm doing my best. Yeah. I'm doing my best. Um, you know, I, I wrote an essay about Titanic that's coming out very soon. I hope that you'll read it. Oh, exciting. That'll be one thing I read. Hopefully it's around a thousand words, not too many more, but I have a it's feeling two, it's, it's about 2000 words. Okay. Manageable about how Titanic is our first doomed starlet. Titanic is like okay. the first Marilyn Monroe. She wasn't You're on not the ship, buying right? <laughs> she, There's she a lot I'm not, not buying tonight. She okay. was not, she was not on the ship, but there was a gust of wind and she was like, Oh no, my but dress. She kind of is the ship. Right. She's sort of a ship. Yes. Um, Circling back, there's no like famous people who died on the ship that like were memorable. Like there's no one of the Greta Thunberg, you know? Oh, you mean like like an actor? Oh, wait, no, no one survived and like wrote a memoir about it. Did they? Are there any survivors that wrote about it? There, yes. And there are, are, there's also, um, you know, a number of films were made for television in the 70s. Um, and also Boring. Yeah. Molly Brown, she was on it. Molly Brown was on it. Um, I'm unaware of who Molly Brown is. Well, don't worry about it. But I, I think, do you know what this <laughs> reminds me of? I mm. hope that you're going to get this. Re- <laughs> you're going to guess. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, so, did you watch the Brady Bunch at all? Uh, peripherally, I never like sat down. All right. Well, there's an it. episode that somehow really stuck with me about Peter Brady and he becomes very obsessed with um, like Billy the Kid. It's like it might be Billy the Kid, but it's like a Billy the Kid type. Because that television program was filmed in the 60s, they were able to spin a plot line where he's like, you know, um, I'm going to write a book report on Billy the Kid. And his parents are like, this is so violent and horrible. This can't be your hero. And he's like, but he's my hero. Pa-pow, pa-pow. You know, yeah. Like my kid is all over the place. Pa-pow. Mm. So the parents arrange for one of Billy the Kid's victims, like the daughter or son, who's like a thousand years old, to come and speak (laughs) to Peter Brady about the violence wrought by these train robbers. Wow, that sounds like so contemporary, actually. Well, Like teach everyone a lesson and make it really boring. I feel like I wish that I could introduce you to a survivor from Titanic, but I think the last one died in like 2006. Yeah, good luck. (laughs) Good luck. But, you know, maybe there's a way. Maybe there's a way. 
Doubt I it. A great psychic named Misty. She probably do it. I bet she could oh. do it. I bet she could do it. You know who came? Let's to me? get her on the pod. Yeah. Do you know who came to me? Like, Clark- were you getting a psychic reading in someone? Yeah, and she was like, "I hate when this happens." But she Clark didn't know anything Kent about wants to me. Talk to you. No, well, close. <laughs> She was like, she didn't know anything about me. And she was like, oh, because she's in LA. She's like, I really hate when this happens. You know, I'm really obsessed with one of my big life obsessions that I return to many, many times is the production of a film called The Misfits that is Clark Gable, Marilyn Monroe. And it's Marilyn Monroe's last completed film. And it's the film where she, like her life completely unravels. And she's like, you know, she has to go to the hospital because she's overdosing and it's just a disaster, disaster. And she in life had this fantasy that Clark Gable was her father. And in this film, he plays her lover. So it's like the psychologically Hmm. complicated um, thing that's playing out on multiple levels. So I write about this film a lot because I think about it a lot. And actually, one of my favorite um, auction items ever is related to this film. Marilyn was very close to death many times. And she had a makeup artist named Whitey Schneider. And he was doing her makeup one day. She would, he would have to like do it while she was asleep. And she woke up and she said, Whitey, if I die, will you do the makeup for my funeral? And he said, if they bring me to you or if they bring you to me while you're still warm... So she had a money clip made that said, Whitey, dear, while I'm still warm and gave it to him. And that was at auction. Whoa. I've written about that also. That's floating around on the internet if anyone's interested. But it's an incredible thing. It's, you know, it's just this sort of... Um, it's very precious. Loaded object. It was, yeah. But these things don't... I mean, I think that was $20,000, which is, I think... It that was going to be my next question. For like six grand or something. It was not so expensive, but it's this you know, this object that becomes so packed with um, with all of these cultural signifiers in a really incredible way. So Did anyway, Clark Gable come to you from the afterlife through the psychic Misty? Yes. Were you Zooming with her or were you in LA? No, I was Zooming with her. Wow. And she okay. only knew my first name because someone gave, me, gave it to me as a gift. Okay. And she was like, I hate when this happens. No one ever believes it. Wow. And she was like, um, describing him as a cowboy and he plays a cowboy and everyone's like, Alyssa Bennett is so dumb. She actually believes this. I kind of yeah. believed it. I sort of believed it. And she said that he, she was like, Clark Gable says, why haven't you ever written about me? And she didn't know I'm a writer. That made me kind of believe. I was like, wow. Well, how do you know she didn't know? She like knew your friend and like did a little Google. And all these know. articles you've written about him, or Marilyn, sort of involving him, show up. It's very easy. That's Just not, like the Titanic didn't exist, right? Just like Titanic didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's exactly like that. You know what? I was really, I was kind of upset when you told me this because it's sort of the thing. Probably part of why people, why I never watched the film Titanic, is because I don't like it when too many people like something. Like I feel like right, embarrassed, yeah. <laughs> embarrassed by it, yeah. or like I'm, I'm like a. It makes me feel like a big loser. Does that make sense? Of course, like the yeah. The thought of Titanic, I'm like, oh, I'm such a loser. Maybe so, that's another layer of the onion of me being so anti-Titanic. It's so I'm telling you, it's because they told you beloved. you couldn't go. They told you you couldn't go, and you were like, "Fuck that movie! I bet it sucks. I bet it's not real anyway." That's what happened. 
Now you can yeah. love again. Case I'm going to get you. I'm, feel free. I'm get you, feel free. I'm going to get you a Jay Peterman replica of the heart of the ocean necklace. I am obsessed with sapphire. It? Yes. Well, I've always been trying to figure out a way to incorporate sapphires into my look somehow. I've not yeah. found a way because sapphires are my birthstone. I, I Me love too. the color dark blue. Virgo. I did. I was in Ithaca, New York recently, like a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Picked up some crystals at the store in the commons. I thought in my head you were going to say I picked up some crystal. Crystal meth. It was like, and wow. I went on a long hike up the gorges. <laughs> um, no, there's like a beaded, it's like a necklace with like tiny beads of sapphires. You know what like, you should get? You no, should not get, me, but I really just keep thinking about it. You should Ugly. get, you know, those <laughs> chains that people wear on their surgical masks? Yes. You should get a sapphire one. Um, people will be like, look at that faggot with the sapphire. <laughs> there he is. He's a Virgo. Get him. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a Virgo? <laughs> um, I'm a Virgo rising too. Yeah. <laughs> really? Double Virgo? Wait. Uh, Virgo. Wait, no. Libra moon. Virgo rising. What day are Virgo you? Sun. Uh, September 12th, the day after the towers fell. And do you have an explanation for building seven, by the way? I don't know much about September 11th because I think it's, it's, it's I don't want to say boring because people oh. will be like, how dare you? But it's yeah, not boring like a, book. <laughs> a couple of these, these girls whose podcast I just guested on recently, like I've become very fond of them. They're young ladies. And uh, do I they, know them? <laughs> they have a podcast called American Hysteria. They're great. I just oh, think cool. they're so great. But they were, they were like really into satanic panic and we were having this conversation and it was really hard for me to say like, I don't care about that. I just don't care. Like September 11th, I think because the scale is so big and there's so much like molten steel and fire, it, it, I, I can't get into it really. Yeah, it's a harrowing uh, thing to think about. I've had a it's lot of nightmares too, about it. Realistic really? nightmares. Yeah, where I'm like in the office and I'm watching the plane like come at me. Wow, I wonder what yeah. that's about. Well, your whole I mean, generation, I think, is, is like psych- psychically traumatized from September 11th. That's a yeah, theory I, was in, I have about millennials. I was in eighth grade. Like, I think that um, a lot of issues that I witness as a, I, you know, I'm I'm late Gen X. I'm late Gen X, but I'm Generation <laughs> X. But I think a lot of the problems I see in young people can be directly traced back to this trauma from September 11th. Do you think the Titanic like fucked people up back then or they didn't Absolutely. care? Absolutely. No one's taken a cruise. It was well, rich people. Huh? Were they excited? Well, I don't know. Wasn't the Titanic like expensive? Very. Like for yeah. a first class ticket, I think the equivalent dollar amount is like $60,000. Yeah. It's very expensive. Mm -hmm. I would love to meet, you know, there's like people that get into that memorabilia. I don't mean like the jewels because those are so expensive or like the violin because that's very expensive, but people get into like, um, like the dishes or like a menu that someone got off the the boat. The a boat. menu? Well, what was they menu. laminated? How did that survive? Well, if someone got in a lifeboat and had one with them, you know, they're like out there. They're <laughs> not alive. one thing. Do you know who owned uh, one? Do you know who owned one? Marilyn Monroe owned one. There was one at Julian's that belonged to her. She had a menu from the Titanic. Yes. 
Okay. What if I'm making all of this up? That's actually true because I, (laughs) I was like, that's weird. (laughs) Before, before Christmas, I, my mom was like, send me some things that you want. And I'd been, um, you know, I like when I'm working on something, I'll cut and paste URLs so that I can keep them in a document and like go back and look at them. And I accidentally sent her this Marilyn Monroe's Titanic menu. And I was like, no, 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 I don't, you don't have to get me that. (laughs) It's too much mom. Yeah. It's too much money. Um, but the people that collect that kind of stuff are such obsessive weirdos. That's what I really like in a person. I want like an obsessive weirdo who has like a bizarre niche interest and goes for it. Yeah. I like a, wrote to the collection. Guy, right. I wrote to this guy, I found him on the internet because he's like a um like a Marilyn Monroe authenticity auction item denier like he'll be like that's fake that's fake he's like some german guy who was an actor in like one movie you never heard of but has some money but he has in his hat he sent me a crazy email that i have never responded to because i was like i don't really know what to say i just want to talk to you he was like what publication would this be for and i'm like just because i'm curious person but he inside of his home built a replica of the monroe death house and i thought that was really incredible it's like a oh, like, like inside a his house. The architecture looks like the house she died in. Oh fuck! Okay, right. But going back to the point I wanted to make about the thing that you told me that disappointed me, and how I have an aversion to things once they sort of um, rupture into public. I don't yeah. like it. So I had told you, I believe, when I still had Twitter before that man threatened to take my life, and I had to get off. Um. I believe that I saw one of your dinosaur tweets, probably. And I was like, I was like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, well, damn. this seals the deal. I'm I out was here. like, oh, damn. And I <laughs> here text- he goes. <laughs> I texted you. You know, I, I sort of can get into um, a conspiracy theory in a way. Yeah. And so there was a point a couple of years ago when I was writing about this um, this technique that was sort of popularized in the late 80s and early 90s here in America. It comes from Australia, a place where nothing Down good a, yeah. ever came from. Not a lot of good stuff. No, that's true. Coming from over there. No. So it was this technique called facilitated communication, which was kind of developed to help nonverbal people be able to, to communicate in words. So basically what happens is that someone uh-huh. like holds the disabled person's elbow and they like tap words out on a big board, right? Like it's a big board and they're tap, tap, tapping the words. So when this first hit the scene, people were like, oh my God, this person who never said a single word is like writing poetry or, oh my God, my nonverbal child typed out, I love you, mommy. So it's like all these moving things, right? And people want to believe it. This so, is happening on TikTok right now where like dogs are like on mats that like make sounds and it's like, I want to go for a walk. And right. like, oh my God, so that was that's like fake the, too, but continue. So, <laughs> so it, it really takes off. It becomes like, <laughs> they try to institute it in like every public school. They're using it all oh over God. the place in hospitals. And then all of these outrageous stories start to happen where these people are like, my father raped me for eight years and is operating a satanic cult out of Grace Church on Main Street. Uh-oh. So they get like <laughs> in- these increasingly frightening messages start coming up. And 
um, people start acting on them. So there's like legal consequences. Everyone believes in this thing so much that they're willing to imagine not only that it's possible that someone who can't, you know, never learn to read could like write an essay on Maya Angelou. They're willing to believe that like there's this um, uncommon statistical frequency of sexual abuse and rape within this particular demographic. So people start going to jail, people are fired from their jobs, people have their kids taken away. And it's like a, you know, like a mania. So I was writing about a particular case that happened not very long ago, where a woman named Anna Stubblefield was practicing facilitated communication. Her specialty, she was a professor and her specialty was the intersection between ableism and racism. So she meets this nonverbal black man in his 30s, has never gotten out of a wheelchair, wears a diaper, um, like, you know, just a, a profoundly disabled person. And she's like, I can unlock this. I'm going to unlock the person who's trapped inside of this, you know, debilitated body. So she starts facilitated communication with him. He is like, lecturing at colleges eventually like she'll be like dj has a report to give on the economic crisis in you know 1940s france not really that okay. but it's like you know it's like giving yeah, these reports is- and, <laughs> and people are like this is so unbelievable this is so incredible but then eventually during their private sessions he starts saying i love you kiss me so yeah. she starts an affair with him. Oh, no. The family kind of figures it out. So one day she's like, DJ and I have something to tell you. And she like takes the elbow and he tippity tap taps on the typewriter. And he writes like, we are in love and we're going to get married. And his family are like, hell no. Right? They're like, they weren't like, no. he's your problem now. And then he's like, kiss me. So she makes out with this guy in the diaper. <sighs> oh. In a wheelchair in front of his family. They bug out. Long story short, she goes to trial. She goes to jail. But like the really fascinating part of the story is that he was like a Ouija board for herself, right? So he's like, right. <laughs> she's falling in love with herself through the vector of this disabled body, which is really incredible. But it's also connected to the idea that people really believed that this was possible. So I told you at a certain point after I'd written this, that I had this idea that I wondered if people thought that maybe Helen Keller wasn't real. And I was at work one day and I said out loud, do you think Helen Keller was real? Could that be real? (laughs) Because I like watched the cartoon with my son and I was like, that's a fucking lot of work. Like what cartoon? The, the Helen Keller cartoon. The Miracle oh, I didn't know there was cartoon. one. Oh, okay. I read the book when I was a kid. Don't bother watching it. forced to. But you know, like all of the things that you have to learn the word for by like feeling them and like, t- I don't know, putting your hand in someone's mouth. I'm not, I'm not trying to, to um, diss her. I'm not saying I don't believe in her. I'm no, just saying that at this maybe point. Maybe not everything's like, adding up. Yeah. At this point, I was like, <laughs> I Googled Helen Keller hoax. And I was so shocked that there, this isn't a new thing. There have existed for many years. These There's been people like me around for a long time, Alyssa. They're just starting to wake up. very ve- vehemently deny the legitimacy of Helen Keller. So then when you, you texted me recently and you were like, you know, it's trending. And I was like, 
what's a trend? You, <laughs> yeah. And you said, go ahead. It you take go the story like from that. here. Oh, I don't remember. It was like someone uh, made a TikTok about Helen Keller. <sighs> <laughs> I don't even remember what it was. Because it was like so astonishing. I'm like, okay, so now it's uh, reached like teens in high school who I don't even know if they teach Helen Keller. In, <laughs> I don't know Definitely what goes Definitely they do. She's yeah, she's pretty famous. iconic. Yeah. Um, have you seen, um, the they're not Helen, buying it. The Helen Keller iced tea. No, <laughs> is that like a riddle? <laughs> <It's not> real. <laughs> gotcha. But probably uh, someone's going to make it now. You know that, um, I also invented, I didn't invent <laughs> Helen Keller hoaxers, but I did invent rollerblades. Neither did I. No, I did not rollerblades. I did invent those sneakers that, um, I don't know what they're, what they're Heelys called. with the wheels that come out. Yeah. I invented those and I showed my ex-husband the idea in words because I'm not an artiste and I couldn't draw them. And I was like, look, they're like these sneakers that have ball bearings on the bottom and you can either glide or walk. And he was like, that's a fucking stupid idea. And I was like, you're probably right. You're smarter than me. And I didn't pursue it. When did you make this up? Like five years before they fucking hit the streets. Probably uh, 1997, I would say. Okay, Maybe the time is timeline's kind of correct, I guess. Maybe 98. And then I remember one summer I was in Central Park and I started seeing all of these kids walking and gliding past me. And I was going like this with my head. You're like the captain of the Titanic. Like, what's going on? I can't what's tell going uh, on? what's moving, what's still. And it I was, it was it. the Heelys. I couldn't believe it. And I can't believe that some teenager took that from me. Yeah. I believe that Helen Keller was real for the record. I pretty much do too. I just think it's funny. Cause like how could she didn't trick anyone, right? She lived to be very old, like 86, I think. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty tough gig to keep up. You know what that's I mean? That's a tough gig. That's did a she tough learn gig. like how did she communicate? With sign language. Okay, so dance, she did. Dance. <laughs> dance. Ribbon dancing specifically, I think she it was. She would write her name in cursive with a dance. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um that's yeah, I I haven't like the premise of the episode is that I wasn't gonna research anything. It's just I was I'm kind of shooting from the hip, you know. Yeah. You've taught me a lot again. I know. I feel um <laughs> I feel like I want to learn with you forever. Mm-hmm. You we'll have to do. Yeah. <laughs> Meet me in McGulrick in five minutes. Um, we'll do this. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe I should dedicate, maybe I'll make a video. I think I might make a YouTube video where I explain my dinosaur manifesto. Mm. Cause you know what? Like this happens on Twitter. Like I would say every other week. So once every two weeks, there's an article that's, published in some little magazine and it's like this is what they think the dinosaurs actually looked like oh, and i, I saw kinda one, get what you mean and it's like oh they actually had this random thing on their wings and, and it's like they something didn't have that's feathers, not in the did. fossil i got up or like they think that now they honk like a bird whereas it used to like screech and i'm like these guys did can't you see get the new one stories yeah i saw that yeah what i saw that would you wear a hat you, that looks like that? You know what I think. Would you wear a hat that looks like that? <laughs> that could be fashion, right? You would know. With sapphire in it? Oh. A couple of sapphires? I never thought about incorporating a sapphire into a hat. What's the, what's, what's the thing that you purchased and you can never wear because it's too embarrassing? 
Um, like, do you have a pair of red pants? I don't have anything. I can't wear like the red scare t-shirt anymore. I don't think. <laughs> so you'll get yelled at. Yeah. Well, I've been yelled at. This is I. I mean, I've had this shirt for like two years, but there was like a controversy somewhat recently. And like, what was the I, controversy? I don't know. Like these like teenagers found because they launched a web shop a couple months ago, and you know everyone got mad. Why? I'm asking were why because I don't know because I'm oh, like not on the internet enough. Oh, it's the shirt is a. Uh, Oh, that one with the, the MAGA bomber ISIS flag thing. Yeah. But I was at a deli near us and these drunk Polish guys thought I was literally in ISIS and they almost <laughs> fought me. And I was like, guys, no, it's like the opposite. I'm too gay to join ISIS. <laughs> and your um, sapphire beaded mask <laughs> lanyard. They ripped it, it off. Ripped and they all spilled on the and floor. All the beads went and I slipped in deli. and my, my heelys were kicking everywhere. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Thanks for that laugh. It feels good to laugh. It Um, certainly does. Well, listen, we've done over an hour, and I think that's a great point to cap it off. I'm really happy that... Thank you so much. You had me here with you. Um, Any final parting words? God bless you. God bless you, Alyssa Bennett. (laughs) I can't wait to do this again. Me too. Okay. Should we take it? Let's take a listener request episode. They're going to be okay. like, do one where Alyssa doesn't talk. Oh, I loved it. I was like so over-caffeinated tonight where I just felt frozen. You know that feeling? Right. Uh, we're like, if you get An going, iceberg. you're just going to. Yeah, I was the iceberg and you're the ship and we crashed. Crashed into. That's real. Um, yeah, guys, sound off in the comments. What do you want me and Alyssa to cover? It's going to start a whole new podcast. You know, we get to the bottom of things. It's a good cop, bad cop. I think it's fake. You think it's real. Well, and then yeah. you meet in the middle somewhere where, yeah. where the truth lies. Um, did you ask Chris Crocker my question about the glory hole? I sure did. What was his answer? Did you um, tell him that I asked him? I was like, you can tell him that yes. was me. I did tell him that that was you. You asked a lot of questions that I ended up using because I did not get as many questions as I thought. But um, so I'm very glad you wrote in with your sexually perverse questions Mm -hmm. the glory hole question okay so if you're tuning in for the first time Alyssa wanted me to ask chris crocker would you rather get a blowjob from your mom or give your blowjob give a blowjob to your dad through a glory hole but the parents don't know it's you but you know it's them but you know it's them yeah i said get a blowjob from mom because you can just stand there you don't have to perform yeah, anything. Right. That was kind of an easy answer. It's not pleasant to think about, but that's <laughs> what my intuition is telling me I would do. <laughs> I think it's probably right. And what did he say? Did he um, get an answer? I kind of think he refused to answer or something. Or just like, I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't remember that. I think people refuse to... to answer questions like that because they hit too close to home. Well, we talked about it for a little bit. I don't remember the conclusion uh, he came to. All right. But, Very yeah, good. The episode's up. Great. You can I'm going to listen to listen it. In. Um, um, well, thanks thank a million. You, we'll see you soon. And uh, good night, everyone. Bye. Bye.